Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by Ashley Carroll, who's the COO at Momentum Accounting, an accounting firm that specializes in digital agencies and professional services. And we're here today to talk about something that I spend far too much of my time talking about, and I'm sure Ashley does as well, which is the tension or the perceived tension, I should say, between profitability as a service firm and the well-being of your team. So I'm really excited to unpack this. So with all of that, Ashley, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Um, I've given everyone a little context on you and Momentum Accounting, but before we get into it, uh, in your own words, what do you do and who do you serve? Yeah, so I personally am the CEO of Momentum Accounting. As you mentioned, uh, we are a full service accounting firm. We love working with creative and digital agencies and professional service firms. Uh, And what we really love to do is come in and act as your full service accounting department. Uh, We are not competing with um, month end reconcilers. We are really competing with you hiring another W-2 employee or group of W-2 employees to act as your accounting department. So My role in all of that is kind of acting as gatekeeper for our client-facing team, which digital agencies, uh, professional service people come into contact with day to day. I used to be that person. Um, I absolutely hated that role, Uh, saw the bad end on the team and the client experience. So um, I came into Momentum Accounting to kind of uh, fill that gap, and uh, I've been there for about four years now and absolutely love it. Amazing. And of course, uh, we, we go back, I, I've met with Nicole a number of times in the past, uh, who's founder at the company and uh, our colleagues actually ran into each other at David C. Baker's event recently, yes. they did a benchmarking workshop. And uh, and so they sent me some selfies and stuff and I felt uh, a terrible amount of FOMO. Uh, so it's, it's timely that we finally got a chance to get this into the calendar. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to dig in. So um, first of all, let's talk about professional services. I want to set the stage here. Um, we focus on digital agencies. You do as well, but you know, you also run a professional services business. You have other professional services clients. Let's start by setting the stage on what is unique about a professional services business and why do, does it require a different approach to not only finance, but also uh, when we think about profitability, what sets them apart from other businesses? Sure. So I think one thing that I really operate from is the idea that as a professional services company, your most valuable and most finite resource is your people, your humans. Uh, And there is so much power in their hands to make or break your business. I think a lot of owners um, feel that ownership when they first start their company. And it can also be a lot of the reason they feel that hesitation as they start to let go of some of those delivery um, roles that they typically play. So yeah, I would say in, in this, the context of this conversation, professional services are going to be, um, you know, 
firms that uh, their primary uh, revenue stream is using their people to provide some sort of professional advice or, um, you know, data entry, verification, analysis, synthesization, synthesization, um, you know, and help them collaborate on their business growth. For us, that's accounting. Um, You know, there can be consulting in lots of different ways, but we really focus on a creative agency space because we find that they uh, have a really similar personality and dynamic to our accounting firm. We tend to be a little more casual. We do want to fit in with you as like a part of your team. And so that's where we found creative agencies were kind of that, that niche in providing professional services that we fell into more deeply. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, there's all kinds of tactical reasons why, you know, that that is innately more complicated than say a product business, right? Yes. Um, you know, of course, first and foremost, we're dealing with, to your point, time and time is, is hard to measure. Uh, a person spends their time differently, even though their role says they should be doing one thing, it, they might not actually do that in reality. That is the cost of the goods that we're selling. So it's not quite as simple as, you know, keeping track of all the materials we bought and how many products we sold to figure out what our cost of goods sold were. And then, you know, you get into accruals and there's, there's a lot of uh, complexity to things that seem kind of simple, like, you know, how much profit do we make on a project and how profitable is this client or this department or this time period. But beyond that, we get into, I think, the fundamental challenge with professional services, which is we're in the business of selling time. And if you really boil the business model down, we're generally buying it in bulk from a person at a guaranteed rate, and we're reselling it in fractional increments at a profit to our clients. That's really what it is. And we tend to use a lot of reductionist language, and we call it it human resources. And there's, there's issues, of course, with that language and where it's come from. But that is the business model fundamentally. And the challenge is that one of the very legitimate ways to make the business more profitable is to exploit people to extract more time from them than what is contractually agreed upon. And unfortunately, I think that that has um, biased or, you know, in, influenced this conversation around profitability. And there are a lot of people that believe that that is that is the playbook to make the business more profitable, that it, or that it is one of the requirements to being more profitable. Um, I'm curious, what other kind of misconceptions are you hearing from clients or, or friction are you running into when you start getting into the conversation about profitability that um, need to be reset? Uh, before you can get into kind of a meaningful engagement? You know, the first thing that I want to, I guess, encourage business owners to do in terms of if they're sensing that there is um, an undesirable uh, impact on their profitability based on what they're perceiving as another person's contribution or activities, one of their team members, I would just really encourage them to... Take the perspective of um, you don't know what you don't know and that by not investing time in not learning and understanding their day-to-day experience, that is going to cost you tenfold in ways that we're just going to begin to tip the iceberg on here. You know, starting with the longevity of your team members and how long they stick around for, you know, you transfer a lot of information to your team members. We can get into the cost of of team turnover and churn. We can talk about, you know, the impact of a happy and satisfied and fulfilled team member versus, you know, someone who doesn't feel that way and, you know, the impact that they have on your clients and the service that they provide to them and the advice that they provide to them and 
the mindset that they help instill in them? And are they helping you upsell or, or are they the reason that that client is looking for an alternative service? When you step back and you really, you know, put a lot of responsibility into your team's hands, you need to treat them with the care that they deserve for having that responsibility in their hands. Well taken care of teams provide really good care to your clients, which in turn creates longevity and maximize lifetime value for your clients and then your business and then for you. And this is really, I operate from the idea of wanting to create a lifestyle company and not necessarily wanting to um, scale something to sell in the next five, 10 years. But still, I do believe that even if you are on that trajectory, you're looking for VC capital or whatever, you're, you're still, your reputation will follow you no matter where you go. And the best reputation that you can have is that you take care of yourself and that you take care of people. And that is how you make money and make the world better. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So you mentioned a couple of things that I, I want to start tying back to something a little more tactical. Um, and the first is about the congruency operationally of, you know, what we sell to how we scope that to how we deliver it. To, and I think tactically why that's so important is because the thing I see most often is not having the visibility to resource plan and plan ahead. And that is really what's going to create a lot of whiplash on the team, a lot of evenings and weekends. And, and I think a lot of people have come to believe that that's just a part of working in the agency. And that's only true because it has been true. It's not true because it's innately true about the business model. Um, resource planning isn't easy, but when you have you know a good system, it becomes easier. And I think it's a critically important part of not only optimizing profitability, but also protecting the best interest of the team and making sure that you're kind of managing how overworked they are. And, you know, we have several clients that when they were able to get more forward visibility, their profitability increased, sometimes doubled or tripled, and their team actually worked less, worked less overtime. They were more consistently utilized, but they were substantially less stressed. And so you can kind of have your cake and eat it too in, in that nature. And then you talked a lot about as well, something that's so important, which is as a founder, recognizing what kind of business are you trying to run? Because not all agencies are going to be to your point, the same strategy and the way that you operate and the expectations you set with your team are going to be different. So it's like, you know, are we selling a low, like a highly competitive commoditized service, right? And we've been, I think, indoctrinated to believe that we, can, we you can't grow a business on that. That's just not true. There's lots of people making tons, Design Pickle is making boatloads yes. of money selling <laughs> the most generic possible product. Yeah. Um, but they, that's because they said, this is our deliberate strategy. They devised an operational plan. They found ways to be more efficient. They knew what they were competing on. 
and then they competed on it. And I would be willing to bet that they set very clear expectations for the people that they hire. This is what we do. This is the position we have in the market. These are the constraints, right? We have to find ways to find lower cost labor and have a very tight process and utilize at this level. And it's like, okay. And, and they have lots of happy employees because the expectations are clear and presumably they're well-managed, especially where, you know, very smartly they used abstracted time materials to really regulate their resource planning process. So they, they can very, very easily modulate how utilized people are. And then conversely, you know, I talked to an agency owner where they're the premium provider. They're super specialized. They charge twice as much as all their competitors. And they made the decision to say, well, we're going to take that kind of premium price. And we're going to invest that into buying our team a four-day work week. We're going to buy back that you know, 20% of their utilization. Um, and that's where we're going to redeploy some of that into the culture, into the lifestyle. And as a result, they're able to attract talent and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So these are strategic considerations that to your point, when you're clear as a founder on what did I set out to do when I started this company, then you can work backwards to, well, how does that influence the way that I approach all of these things, the, the targets I set around utilization, the prices I charge, how I look at my finances. It, it is a critically important thing because otherwise you end up with, and I, I'm sure you've seen this, we've seen it so many times, this kind of disjointed operational strategy where it's like we're borrowing elements from all these different business models and then it's like they don't work. They're inconsistent with one another. Um, so anyway. That no, I, I love rant. what you're saying. No, it, it touched on a lot of things that are absolutely true. And we see demonstrated, like we get to see basically how the sausage is made for the back end of all these creative agencies, right? We see the strategy. We see the way you're packaging and pricing your services. We see how you're running your teams. Uh, we see your payroll. We see what you're paying your employees. We see what benefits they get. We see it all. And what we see are the agencies that have cohesive, organized, thoughtful, holistic approaches to both their client experience and their team, regardless of whether you want to come in at the market as a premium, high-level advisory service provider, subscription-level, $15,000 a month partner in branding, or you want to throw out 99 designs you know, all day long, all week, whatever it is, there's no right or wrong way. It's that's the that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. All I ask as an operator is know yourself and grow the business in a way that brings you joy and bring people on board that like what you described as this utopian demonstration of this is our business model, right? This is why we're paying you what we're paying you. That would be a fantastic approach, right? And that's not something that we often see. Um and the big thing that we're seeing is, you know, I want to say delegating the emotional labor is a lot of what I'm seeing in the creative agency space that's creating a huge operational gap and is really impacting the ability to grow revenue, to improve your reputation, to get referral business is, you know, you would delegate the emotional labor of hiring professional contractors to fulfill some of these engagements that you have. And there's no clear set expectations 
for your team, for their contractors that they're hiring. These contractors are working so closely with your team. They have a direct impact on your bottom line and there's just no cohesion. So you get into this idea of culture where it's like, maybe it's if that is how your business operates and that's something that is effective for you to delegate, we're at least setting principles where we all have, again, cohesive values or principles that we're operating out of budgets, you know, take it back to the financial budgets, um, you know, but at least just from the statement of work down to the, the, the team's processes and procedures down to the expectations for them on how they work and play with everyone that they come into contact with as part of their role um, is going to be like the key to success. And that's what we see the businesses who are winning more business. That's what they're doing. And the the yeah. ones that are, you know, we're helping with cash flow crunches and, and cash reserves and burn rates and really locking in on profitability. That's symptoms of other operational bigger issues. You know, it's not necessarily momentum accounting's role, but gosh, do we see it on the financial statements? And then, you know, I personally, that's my passion is to come in and, and kind of help you see what you maybe haven't been seeing before, or most people know what's going on in their business and their gut. And when you show them the financial statement impact, they're able to just boop, pull it out of their head. Oh, here's what's happening. You know, so, yeah. you know, and they just need you to validate or challenge them in some way to move forward in that thought. Well, this has been, um, how would I describe this? Um, you know, we, we came into this conversation and talk about profitability and, you know, the, the team, but we, I, I think we, we unpacked such a more abstract, I guess, set of concepts around this that are not talked about enough. And if I can try to encapsulate what I think we've really discussed today that stands out to me, it, it really comes back to, from my perspective, like know what game you're playing, right? Because you and I both know that the business model is the same and the scoreboard is the same, right? You have income, you need a certain amount of gross margin, you got to pay for overhead, and then you have some left over. That's the same for every, well, every business, but every professional services business, those ratios are always the same. But there are so many ways to achieve that outcome. And the constraints will be different, depending on what game you're playing. If you're playing the low cost game, the high volume game, the high price game, the um, a couple of massive projects game, right, the strategy is different. And so it's like, know the game that you're playing. And then let's adapt the strategy to do that. And to your point, the clients that we see, I think we're, we've learned a lot. If, you're, if your social media looks anything like mine, you're being told that the most successful companies do things that are tactical in nature. And it's just not true. I know companies that are highly profitable that don't charge premium rates, that don't use value-based pricing, yeah. that don't um, you know, get 100,000 sales calls a week booked into their calendar, that don't do cold outreach that don't uh, sell highly customized services or don't sell highly productized services. All of these things are tactics that apply to specific strategies. And I've seen people on both ends of the spectrum be successful. The thing that they had in common, to your point, Ashley, was they knew what game they were playing and they aligned their strategy to that game. That is the fundamental idea here. You can be successful running any kind of service business as long as you understand what game you're playing. And that's Absolutely. the takeaway for me abundance mindset. 
and knowing yourself and surrounding yourself with people who are on want to play the same game as you abundance mindset absolutely that's it and so with that uh, this has been a fun conversation uh and I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can go find more of the content that uh, you and your team are producing on the internet. So where should we send them in the show notes, Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn at Ashley Carroll. Uh, my uh, founder, Nicole McKenzie, has a much better LinkedIn following than I do. She's great if you want to follow her as well. And MomentumAccounting.com if any digital agencies or professional services are looking for an accounting partner. All right. Awesome. So we'll have links to Momentum Accounting, to Ashley's LinkedIn, and some of the content that Momentum is creating on YouTube. And I believe there's a podcast as well. Uh, so you can find that in the show notes. With that, Ashley, any final words of advice for our listeners that uh, might have had a revelation today that they don't know what game they're playing? What, what should they do next? Um there is a hat for every head and long-term prosperity comes from really knowing what that is for you and what that looks like. So um, be confident and don't uh, take the advice that is meant for you and keep moving forward and don't get distracted. Yeah, good, good stuff. And with that, Ashley, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Absolutely. Thank you.